0: This morning I just want to take a few minutes of your time to look at, I never miss an opportunity to talk about compassion so you will notice a theme running through, but actually it's about what compassion looks like, what that looks like here at Ashford Vineyard, what that means for Ashford, because that's why we're doing it, and hopefully to get you thinking about what that can mean for your life. So, as part of our Let's Go to the Movies series, I'm going to be using the film I, Daniel Blake, to have some illustrations. Not a very well-known film, low-budget British movie. One of my favourites. I cried nearly from start to finish the first time I saw it, and I don't really cry at movies or watch movies. So, has anyone seen I, Daniel Blake? Ooh! Three. So, I think I might win the prize for least-known movie. That is good for me, I think. Because... It can be seen as a little controversial, um, certainly more so than the Lego movie that we looked at last week. Uh, There is significantly less singing and dancing than La La Land from a few weeks ago, but it can increase our knowledge of what life is like for other people. And what Jesus is asking us, as a group of people who want to bring life to Ashford, to do in response. My only caveat, if you do go away and watch this movie, it is available on Amazon Prime if anybody's got that. I'm not making a political statement in any way, shape or form. Please don't come and talk to me about that afterwards. (laughs) So Daniel Blake is going to help us look at three key things, all of which you could probably spend an entire month worth of Sundays talking about. So this really will be a whistle-stop tour. Um, But these are key themes, not just for for Ashford Vineyard Compassion, I don't want you to go away and think this is just about compassion, but across the AV community and for our lives in general. And they are hope, generosity, and dignity. So Mark spoke to us a few weeks ago about La La Land, um, and about focus and looking, where do we want to go? Knowing what we want to see, and more importantly, keeping at the forefront of our minds the change that we want to see in our lives, and the lives of those around us. This really stuck with me. Um, I like a bit of focus. I like to know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I thought, what actually do I want to see change? What am I keeping my eyes on? And for me, it was hope. I want to see people have hope that their lives and circumstances can change if they want them to. Hope that whatever it is that they're going through doesn't have to be their lot in life. But also for people to be surrounded by people who have hope, that's how you see what hope looks like. So in this first clip we see uh, Daniel and Katie, the other lead character in this film, talking about Katie's hopes and dreams for the future. Katie's recently moved up north away from friends and family and hasn't had a good start.
1: Yeah. He was in and out of the hospital. I was talking to the landlord about it, I spoke to him, because I complained, kicked us out.
2: What then just do that? Just how yeah. you yeah.
1: So We got out of there and we was in a homeless hostel for about two years waiting on a flat. Yeah, but it was close to their school, which they loved, so we just had to stick it out. But we was in one room, the three of us were in one room, like eating, sleeping, all the rest of it, and Dylan was just climbing the walls, honestly, like, boxed in like that. So, yeah, they eventually offered me a flat. So the good news was it was a flat, bad news was it was up here. And they couldn't give you anywhere near your family? No, not in London. They're, they're moving out to the likes of me. It's just too expensive for them. So's the kids, me. they we? Broken-hearted about leaving school. Especially Daisy, she's furious with me. Having to leave her friends and her nan. I mean, there was nothing I could do about it. I couldn't have Dylan boxed in like that.
2: She'll make friends soon enough.
1: That's what I've told her. And I've got a plan. Got a little garden now, and they've each got a room of their own. I'm going to get a part-time job, and then I'm going to go back to my books. Oh, you're at college. Open University. Yeah, I mucked up a little bit at school, so it's like a second chance. But that all fell apart a little bit when we was at the hostel. But I'm not going to give up. I can't, can I? Good on you, lass.
0: It's bloody freezing in here. Must be short. Right, where's your fuse books? Thank you. So in that clip, in the the midst of what is a pretty bleak situation, she's moved up north, away from her friends and family, hasn't really got anything, Katie's able to keep focused on the change that she wants to see in her life, partly due to Daniel taking the time to talk to her, but to listen. At Ashford Vineyard, we we talk a lot about calling things out of people and really believe that it is our job, um, and our God-given job, to nurture dreams and visions in people and to do all that we can to help people achieve those dreams. So recently, Trisha, who heads up our wonderful hospitality team, asked me if I could pray for her about a big vision she has for her life. I'm talking like the 10, 15-year vision, not like what's going to happen next week. Um, and we prayed, and we simply asked God, what's next? What are the next steps? A couple of weeks later, she came back to me and said... Some of those things have happened. A couple of those steps are already clear and they've already started to happen. So can we pray again? And we prayed again, just really simply, what next, God? Nurturing hopes and dreams in people requires relationship and it does need time, but it has the potential to change someone's life. So we've got a project here at Ashford Vineyard called the A-Team and recently our circle went to complete an A-Team project with Sonia and her lovely daughters. Really annoyingly, I had a great photo but I forgot all about it so you just have to imagine Sonia and her lovely daughters. Um, And their hope was really, really simple. They wanted to be able to play in their garden and have a paddling pool. Two hours' work, one Thursday evening, in the sunshine. There was a very small group of us, but we had 15 bags of rubbish, a lot of strimming and mowing, some power tools. And at the end of it, Sonia and her kids had space to have that paddling pool and be able to invest in their, their time as a family. So it took time and relationship, not loads, but just enough, to stop looking down at our own two feet, see what change was needed, and to do something. And that is the heart of what we are doing at Ashford Vineyard. In the book of Jeremiah, in the Bible, God talks about hope. In the message version, it says, this is verses 29, um, 11 to 14. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you and not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I love those verses, because it says that when we pursue Him, God will give us the future we hope for. We can hope and dream in the knowledge that we won't be disappointed. When, tr- when I'm praying with Trisha, we both know that whatever we're praying for will happen. What is your hope this morning? What is the change that you want to see in your life or the lives of those around you? Is it university like Katie, or is it to ensure that every child in Ashford can read and write? Is it to see people freed from debt, or your marriage restored? You are the only one that can limit your hopes. In these next few clips, there are some wonderful examples of generosity. our next theme for the morning. In the first one Katie gets a gift from Daniel. Daniel then tells Katie about something that he's made for her and finally Daisy, who's Katie's daughter, um, demonstrates a generosity in her actions and spirit that can only come from a child.
1: please!
0: <laughs> I've built you a
2: bookcase. What? Dan. Dan, come. I need to talk to you. We called you loads of times. Dan, Mum's been so sad lately. Why do not you speak to her? <clears throat> Don't you have credit on the phone? I see you. We understand what happened to your heart. Mom spoke to one of your neighbors. We didn't know about it. It's cold out here. I'm freezing. Please, Daisy. I'm not feeling very well. I made you some couscous. And Dylan sent you his lollipop. He's really missing you too. Just go, Daisy, please. Can I ask you one question, Dan? Did you help us? I suppose so. So why can't I help you?
1: sorry
0: that might actually be one of the happier parts of the film so (laughs) Um, so for very different reasons Daniel and Katie are both in severe financial hardship but find ways of loving and valuing each other from a place of next to nothing, not always with money or gifts as we saw with Daisy I'm pretty sure her being there meant much more than the couscous or the lollipop When 18 projects are completed, the number one piece of feedback we get is something along the lines of, I can't believe you would all give up your time for me when you don't even know me. Jesus calls us to a life of abundant generosity and promises that whatever we give out will be returned to us in excess of what we gave. In Psalm 41, it speaks of a promise between God and those who are generous that God will respond to the kindness and generosity with protection, health and abundance in order that that generosity might increase. In Proverbs 22, it says about, it challenges us to have a bountiful eye, to view the world as having plenty and being overseen by a magnanimous, generous father. If we view the world in this way, it is easy to be generous Our hearts are more inclined to generosity as we know that God will ensure that there is enough. We can dish out the resources that we have as individuals or as a church more easily, secure in the knowledge and faith that God will provide everything that is needed. How generous are you? Do you give just what is needed or are you always looking for ways that you could give a little bit more? Do you believe that in being generous, God will bless you more than you can imagine? I met Lauren a couple of weeks ago, who has recently received a week's worth of mummy's meals. This is um, when a team of volunteers deliver hot food to somebody for a week. She's a young, isolated single mum who at the time had a four-week-old little baby. And the meal made a huge difference to her. But the thing she mentioned most to me was not the meals but the extra things people had done for her. There were gifts for her, gifts for the baby, Mm -hmm. yummy luxury desserts, chocolate bars. And it was this generosity from our volunteers that made her feel cherished and will impact her life, not a plate of hot food. Generosity comes in more than practical gifts and stuff, but in attitude and spirit. Being non-judgmental, forgiving, and not condemning others demonstrates a generosity that in Luke says that you'll find life given back, given back with bonus and blessing. This week, how can you start to practice a discipline of generosity? Perhaps sign up for Mummy's Meals and, and look to add in something extra. If you donate to the food bank, why not buy the luxury items instead of the basics items? Can you give your lonely neighbour 20 minutes of your time instead of just 10 on your way out to work? When you give financially to AV, can you add in another couple of pounds? Luke 6, in the message translation of the Bible again, is so simple but has so much power to change culture. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. What would Ashford look like if everyone in this room practiced that way of living? And our final thought for this morning is dignity. The dictionary says that dignity is a sign or token of respect. And for me, it is the very basic that people should expect from any of their interactions with me personally, in my job, or when they come into contact with anyone or anything to do with Ashford Vineyard. At Storehouse, where we give away children's clothes and equipment, one of the ways that we uh, respect the people we meet and offer them dignity is by opening the doors and saying, help yourself. Judith and her team don't tell people what they can and can't have. They're not packaged stuff up and said, like it or lump it. Families are welcomed in, given a coffee. We get to know them, and they're invited to have a rummage and take what it is that they need for their family. We want to restore dignity in the midst of toughest situations. At Dress for Success, our guests sit and have a consultation with somebody. We chat to them and find out what they need and why they need it. We spend time trying on clothes, ensuring they have an outfit that fits, they're comfortable in, is excellent quality, and restores their pride and gives them dignity. So in the next clip, we see daniel being treated with something that, that i think is quite far removed from dignity Fit for work your only option is job seeker's allowance or proceed with the appeal on employment and support well can you give me a form for you know
2: um, job seeker's allowance and then an appeal form for employment and support
0: you have to apply online sir i
2: can't do that
0: well that's how it is sir or you can phone the helpline
2: listen you know you give me a plot of land i can build you a house but I've never been anywhere near a computer. Do
0: you know what? We're digital by default.
2: Well, oh, here we can. I hear this all the
0: time on the phone, I'm digital by default. Well, I'm pencil by default. Look, I mean, what happens if you just can't kind of do it? There's a special number if you've been diagnosed as dyslexic.
2: Right, well, can you give us that? Because with computers, I'm dyslexic.
0: You'll find it online, sir. I must ask you to leave now, if you've got no appointment. Thanks, Claire. Thomas Armstrong, please. Oh, thanks, Claire. It gets very depressing after that. Um, So, for me, this clip shows the power in treating people with respect and as individuals, of hearing their story, meeting them where they're at, knowing and using their skills, and listening to their hopes, offering them something different. Unfortunately, in the clip, the system isn't set up to hear people's stories. It leaves Daniel dejected and frustrated rather than valued and dignified. At AV, God has given us the privilege of meeting people in pretty rough situations, and we will always have the time to make guests feel welcome and that they matter, to listen to them. Doing that not only helps people feel more dignified, but gives them the opportunity to know something of Jesus. I learned a new word a couple of weeks back. Every day's a school day, which is shesed. I had to listen to the thing on Google. Well, it tells you how to pronounce, pronounce it. And it's a Hebrew word which means the attribute of grace, benevolence, or compassion, and is used by very clever people to talk about human kindness and love towards each other, as well as God's love and mercy towards humanity. Shesed essentially pimps up kindness, generosity, or compassion to the next level as it speaks of the heart behind the action. It turns being nice into, God loves that person so much, why would we not want to treat them with dignity, respect, and love, and for them to know how precious they are? When we engage with and seek to understand real people and the communities around us, and give of our time, money, and other resources to build relationship with people, That is Shesed, and that is dignity. What would Ashford look like if Shesed was widespread? What if all our streets and neighbourhoods were not ones of niceness, but of Shesed love and dignity? What would your workplace look like if the culture was underpinned by characteristics of Shesed? So finally, and... It might be a tiny bit of a spoiler, but don't worry. Um, This clip shows Katie reading out Daniel's own words. I'm not a
1: national insurance number or blip on a screen. I paid my dues, never a penny short and proud to do so. I don't tug the forelock, but look my neighbor in the eye and help him if I can. I don't accept or seek charity. My name is Daniel Blake. I am a man, not a dog. As such, I demand my rights. I demand you treat me with respect. I, Daniel Blake, am a citizen. Nothing more and nothing less. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Claire. Hope, gen- <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Hope, generosity and dignity. Daniel demonstrated those things throughout the film and here we see him fighting to restore his pride, which has been battered and broken with the help of his friend Katie. God has given us a mandate in Ashford to restore people's pride that is battered and broken to bring life and life in all its fullness, so that every person in Ashford has hope and is treated with generosity and dignity. This is something for us all to do, not because we ought to or because we feel guilt-tripped into it, but because every single adult and child in Ashford is worth it. And obviously beyond Ashford, but we're about bringing life to Ashford. We know we are so loved by God, so why wouldn't we want to do and say things that mean that everybody we meet knows that as well? Our vision and values say that we want to be a place where people instinctively turn when they need help, where hope is restored and receivers become givers, somewhere that people are made to feel welcome and that they matter, and where God's spirit infuses and empowers everything.